discipline starts every day when the first alarm clock goes off in the morning. I say first alarm clock because I have three, as I was taught by one of the most feared and respected instructors in SEAL training. One electric, one battery powered, one wind up. That way there is no excuse for not getting out of bed, especially with all that rest on that decisive moment. The moment the alarm goes off is the first test. It sets the tone for the rest of the day. The test is not a complex one. When the alarm goes off, do you get up out of bed or do you lie there in comfort and fall back to sleep? If you have the discipline to get out of bed, you win. You pass the test. If you are mentally weak for, the, for that moment and you let that weakness keep you in bed, you fail. Though it seems small, that weakness translates to more significant decisions. But if you exercise discipline, that too translates to more substantial elements of your life. Although discipline demands control and asceticism, it actually results in freedom. When you have the discipline to get up early, you are rewarded with more free time. When you have the discipline to keep your helmet and your body armor on in the field, you become accustomed to it and can move freely in it. The more discipline you have to work out, train your body physically and become stronger, the lighter your gear feels and the easier you can move around. But there was and is a dichotomy in the strict discipline we followed. Instead of making us more rigid and unable to impro improvise, this discipline actually made us more flexible, more adaptable, and more efficient. It allowed us to be creative. When we wanted to change plans midstream on an operation, we didn't have to recreate an entire plan. We had the freedom to work within the framework of our discipline procedures. All we had to do was link them together and explain whatever small portion of the plan had changed. When we wanted to mix and match fire teams, squads, and even platoons, we could do it with these since each element operated with the same fundamental procedures. Last and perhaps most important, when things went wrong and the fog of war set in, we fell back on our disciplined procedures to carry us through the toughest challenges on the battlefield. While increased discipline most often results in more freedom, there are some teams that become so restricted by imposed discipline that they inhibit their leaders and team's ability to make decisions and think freely. If frontline leaders and troops executing the mission lack the ability to adapt, this becomes detrimental to the team's performance. So the balance between discipline and freedom must be found and carefully maintained. In that lies the dichotomy. Discipline, strict order, regimen, and control might appear to be the opposite of total freedom, the power to act, speak, or think without any restrictions. But in fact, discipline is the pathway to freedom. And that's a little, a little bit, excuse me, from chapter 12 of Extreme Ownership, written by what I call a distant mentor, Jocko Willink, and his... I don't. What would you call it? Business partner? Now, well, now business par partner, but Leif Babin uh, worked, I guess, technically under him while serving a task unit bruiser in Ramadi. Um, that little piece was uh, Jocko's section. They they had if you if you buy the book or if you ever read the book, they take sections and give their experience on uh, what they learned on these different principles. That's where I got. As far as uh, prioritize and execute, uh, simple but not easy. And that's from chapter 12. 
that dichotomy of leadership, which is uh, discipline equals freedom, and discipline equals freedom. The reason why I got that little, or I, I got, I read from that little piece, was because as we continue through the world according to Mister Rogers, important things to remember. The next section that I want to overview is the challenges of inner discipline. And it's, you know, I bring up balance. Jocko says, find the dichotomy and find the middle ground. Fairly the same. And from what it seemed, Mr. Rogers was no different, just in his own way and really focusing on children and families. As as we've been going through this book, um, it's been very interesting and uh even even just upon opening the book for the first time, when I when I've been opening when I opened this book for the first time and reading these uh, section or the I guess we can we can call them chapters, um, you know, understanding love and now the challenges challenges of interdiscipline. So, you know, and it's it works because you can really try to put some perspective and and see how maybe some of these things tie into your life, how how you react. Um, even that little excerpt that I read from Extreme Ownership, you know, where the alarm clock sets your tone, sets the tone for the rest of your day. And interesting enough, well, I guess maybe maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not. But I know that I feel real free talking about these things because it's stuff that I deal with as well. Uh, I know I or I, I feel like some people, at least that I see on, on a more daily basis or even a weekly basis, they think that, oh, I'm so rigid and this and that. But it's like, well. Like the way it says, the way it said here in the beginning is like, well, I'm able to adapt if something happens, or if maybe a priority changes. Like, okay, yeah, I, I can afford, or maybe I can afford to wait and put off whatever I had in mind till later. Um, really, the only thing I try, to, the things I try to keep uh, rather in time is my workouts and my eating, um, and then if I were to plan like to take pictures and stuff making sure, you know, if, if it's a sunrise or sunset, I have to make sure the lighting, I want to be outside during the optimal times. Um, so, and even that, you know, that there's discipline in that because you have to research, research like sunset, sunrise, and figure out, okay, where, what what's the location and some, some, not so many other things, but just other factors that affect quality of picture taking. Anyhow, I'd like to jump into the challenges of interdiscipline. What makes the difference between wishing and realizing our wishes? Lots of things, of course. But the main one, I think, is whether we link our wishes to our active work. It may take months or years, but it's far more likely to happen when we care so much that we'll work as hard as we can to make it happen. And when we're working toward the realization of our wishes, some of our greatest strengths come from the encouragement of people who care about us. Discipline is, is a teaching-learning kind of relationship, as the similarity of the word discipline, disciple suggests. By helping our children learn to be self-disciplined, we are also helping them learn how to become independent of us as sooner or later they must. And we are helping them, to learn, helping them learn to be loving parents to children of their own. I like to swim. But there are some days I just don't feel like doing it. 
but I do it anyway. I know it's good for me, and I promise myself I do it every day, and I like to keep my promises. That's one of my disciplines, and it's a good feeling after you've tried and done something well. Inside, you think, I've kept at this, and I really learned it, not by magic, but by my own work. As work grows out of play, an attitude toward work grows with it. An attitude that may persist all through our work-a-day life. That attitude can have a lot to do with how we accept challenges, how we can cope with failures, and whether we can find the inner fulfillment that makes working in and of itself worthwhile. I hope you're proud of yourself for the times you've said yes. When all it meant was extra work for you and was seemingly helpful only to somebody to somebody else. It came to me ever so slowly that the best way to know the truth was to begin trusting what my inner truth was and trying to share it. Not right away, only after I had worked hard at trying to understand it. The great poet Rainer Maria Rilke wrote, Be patient toward all that is, unsolved in your heart, and learn to love the questions themselves. When I think of solitude, I think of an antidote, anecdote from With the Door Open, my experience by the late Danish religious philosopher Johannes Anker Larsen. The most comprehensive formula for human culture, which I know was given by the old peasant who, on his deathbed, obtained from his son this one promise to sit every day for half an hour alone in the best room. From the song, You've Got to Do It. You can make believe it happens or pretend that something's true. You can wish or hope or contemplate a thing you'd like to do. But until you start to do it, you will never see it through. Because the make-believe pretending just won't do it for you. You've got to do it every little bit. You've got to do it, do it, do it. And when you're through, you can know who did it. For you did it. You did it. You did it. It's not easy to keep trying, but it's one good way to grow. It's not easy to keep learning, but I know that this is so. When you've tried and learned, you're bigger than you were a day ago. It's not easy to keep trying, but it's one way to grow. To me, what makes someone successful is managing a healthy combination of wishing and doing. Wishing doesn't make anything happen, but it certainly can be the start of some important happenings. I hope you'll feel good enough about yourself, your yesterdays, and your today, that you'll continue to wish and dream all you can, and that you'll do all you can to help the best of your wishes come true. 
I'm proud of you for all the wishing and doing that has helped you get to this point in your lives. And I hope you are too. There's an old Italian proverb. Chi va piano va sano va lentano. That means the person who goes quietly goes with health and goes far. Hurrying up using a lot of shortcuts doesn't get us very far at all. I wrote in a song in the long, long trip of growing. There are stops along the way. It's important to know when we need to stop, reflect, and receive. In our competitive world, that might be called a waste of time. I've learned that those times can be the preamble to periods of enormous growth. Recently, I declared a day to be alone with myself. I took a long drive and played a tape. When I got to the mountains, I read and prayed and listened and slept. In fact, I can't remember having a calmer sleep in a long, long time. The next day, I went back to work and did more than I usually get done in three days. It's true that we take a great deal of our own upbringing into our adult lives and our lives as parents. But it's true, too, that we can change some of the things that we would like to change. It can be hard, but it can be done. And that is Mr. Rogers' perspective on self-discipline. Focusing on yourself, allowing yourself to be alone, if even for a day. And and I think I think maybe even being in silence. No external. And I I imagine now with social media and the likes. And the noise that we allow, either we allow or maybe just subconsciously consciously just let it sit there. But nonetheless, it's something that we can ponder on. And, you know, these last couple episodes, you know, they're 20 minutes, maybe a little bit shorter, so they're easy to go back and re-listen or if you want to buy the book you can buy the book i have i've always i've been putting the links up anyways but i know uh i've gone back to or and not not every day but definitely journaling um just uh more thoughts i know i've been I, I mean, aside from like goals that I have and new goals and see see where I'm at on my goal list that I've had for the past couple of years, um, whether I'm checking it off or just crossing it out, either way, uh, taking the time to sit, sit still, the way my dad says, sit still, Ubu. I'm guessing that's a movie reference. I've never seen it, but I think Ubu was a dog from an old show. Someone can probably reference that better than me, but that's what I think of. And so there's one final piece from this challenges of interdiscipline that I'd like to 
read, and actually I may read two of them. The la- they're not the last two, but they're two that I I marked off. And um, yeah, I'm gonna end it with this. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Andy eighteen forty four or Andy underscore eighteen forty four. Um, as I've said before, always down for a conversation. And hopefully, if I see you in person, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can stir the mind enough to get you that one percent for the day. Now, here we go. A young apprentice applied to a master carpenter for a job. The older man asked him, "Do you know your trade?" "Yes, sir," the young man replied proudly. "Have you ever made a mistake?" the older man inquired. "No, sir," the young man answered, feeling certain he would get the job. Then there's no way I'm going to hire you, said the master carpenter, because you, when you make one, you won't know how to fix it. One of the greatest paradoxes about omnipotence is that we need to feel it early in life and lose it early in life in order to achieve a healthy, realistic, yet exciting sense of potency later on.